Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast and Happy Easter. We are so excited to bring you this Easter message and celebrate with you. I want to take this opportunity to personally say to all of you, Happy Easter. Happy Easter, not because it's not a very unique Easter for all of us with all of the circumstances, but happy Easter because despite what we're facing, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is alive because he's a risen Savior and Lord. You know, one of the things that's so powerful about the fact that Jesus is alive and he's living is that we get the opportunity many times to see Jesus who said, I came to bring life and bring it to the fullness. We see him do that through everyday ordinary people. And I just wanna tell you how proud I am of so many of you because I get the vantage point to see how God uses you in the lives of others. And I want you to know from the very beginning of this COVID-19 crisis, our church has had the opportunity to be able to impact lives. The very first week, we were able to supply essential items for people that were in need and were in disadvantaged places. We did a blood drive that filled up the slots very quickly and amazing to see that. We've had many of you adopt seniors and take groceries to them. And we've been praying for and looking for ways to serve our medical professionals we had the opportunity, something as simple as Tupperware, putting that on the floors of the hospitals for them to put their breathing devices in and to be able to keep them from being contaminated, to giving them some snacks and praying for them. In fact, Lord, we pray for them right now. We pray for your protection for our medical professionals. I've had the opportunity to do some phone calls to pray for them. And this week we had an Easter outreach at all our campuses where we had Easter in a box for families. Had, had something awesome, a great meal, a turkey or a ham and uh, some great rolls. And one of my favorites, it had some either apple pie or a chocolate pie and things for the kids and candy and coloring books. And I had the opportunity to attend the one at our Keller campus. And it just amazed me that People from all walks of life. Did you know that when life brings challenges, it, it doesn't necessarily come to just one segment of society. It, it touches us all at different times and in different seasons, and we all have a story. I was impacted by Jessica, though. Jessica, we, we weren't able to talk to the people, but we said, would you text us? And she texted us how grateful she was for you and for your generosity and how thankful she was She's a local school district bus driver. She's the mother of four. She has an autoimmune uh, issue, a health issue that keeps her from, ha from being around crowds and she's very vulnerable during this COVID-19 crisis. And her son was born on Easter and they were wondering what they were gonna do this weekend. And that box blessed her and impacted her life. So God is showing us that he is faithful, that he is a protector, that he is a provider, and he's doing it through the hands and feet that really are the hands and feet of Jesus, his body, and his church. So thank you for your generosity. I wanna take you to this Easter. I'm excited for this year's Easter message and for this moment that we can share together. I wanna take you to one of my most favorite sections of passages it's found in Luke chapter 15. 
And I wanna talk to you and tell you some stories. Really, I'm gonna let Jesus, because Luke chapter 15 is Jesus talking. I'm gonna let Jesus preach here this Easter for us. But before we go to Luke 15, I wanna talk for just a minute about what Easter is all about. I wanna talk just a little bit about what is Easter and really set the stage so that everyone's really clear about the distinctives around the person Jesus Christ and what is the biblical truth about Easter. 1 Corinthians 15 is where we're gonna go in verses three and four on our way to Luke 15. Paul the apostle says this, for what I have received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. We, we look at this and really that's Easter in a nutshell. I, I wanna make it even more simple just to give you a picture. Some of you may be visual learners and you're like, make that passage real for me. Well, the Bible clearly shows us that we as human beings, we are broken. We're born with the propensity to find our way into things that break our lives. We find ourselves guilty. We find ourselves knowing that, that God is perfect, that God is holy. We want a perfect God and we know we're imperfect. And so I find very common is that we feel guilty. We feel separate from God. And what does that produce? It makes God feel a million miles away from us. Well, sometimes again, we choose these things that cause us to be broken. Sometimes we end up in a broken family situation, a broken thing in life, whatever it is. And sometimes we do the breaking. But the message of Easter is that Jesus Christ came down from heaven. This perfect God came down to be one of us. He didn't say, like all other religions say, you need to fix yourself. You need to do these religious protocols. You need to come to this new spiritual understanding. No, he said, look, you can't figure it out. You can't get to me. I'm coming down to you. He came close to us. He became one of us and he died on a cross to make the payment for us. Different than any other religion, he comes and he pays the price for us. Other religions say, you need to pay this price. You need to make this religious sacrifice. Jesus said, I'm gonna pay a debt that I didn't know and I'm gonna pay it on your behalf. So that's what the crucifixion is all about. And then what's most amazing about Jesus is he's alive and he rose from the dead. He left the tomb. Witnesses that saw him after he appeared. His church was born and that's the message of Easter. Some of you, you know that message. Others of you are like, okay, I get that. Now, how do I relate to it? How do I make it real? How do I make it practical? Well, for, for a lot of people, they think Easter is just kind of this historical narrative. In fact, what we see this time of year is we see all of these, these passion stories, these, these stories of Jesus' life on television so we can get caught up in the history and the nostalgia Others of us, we think about Easter. Wait a minute, it's Jesus rose from the dead. And so we think about death to life. And that's very powerful. That's one of the symbols. 
Others, when we think about, we're going to talk about Easter and a pastor is going to talk to us, we think about heaven. And as they said it in the church I grew up in, we think about hell. And you think, man, we're going to hear a message about the afterlife and we're going to hear about how hot the fires of hell. Well, there's a a implication to the Easter message that's eternal, that's heaven, that's hell. Some of us, it's, you know, Jesus bringing peace into our chaos. All of those can be true. And for a lot of us, it's just a traditional holiday. It's just Easter dresses and rabbits and, you know, chocolate candy. It's peeps. You know, I have friends of mine who eat these things. I'm telling you, these substances, if you eat peeps, you may never digest it from your body. This Easter, all that's out the window, right? All of the, a lot of the traditions of Easter. And uh, I hope I get maybe a chocolate bunny to bite the ears off of. But, you know, a lot of the things we participate in, the Easter egg hunts, all of that's not present. And as I began to pray for you this Easter, I really thought more about what we can all relate to on Easter. I think probably one of the most relatable areas of Easter is this understanding of being lost and then being found. Be being outside of, do we hear that, that God loves us and that God wants to dwell with us and God wants to be with us and God is this father who accepts us no matter what we've done. He's one who wants to help us. And we, we a lot of times think, oh, that's great. I'm outside of that. And so this idea of being lost is one that I think all of us feel. In fact, in everyday life, lost is something that we all experience. We, we all have felt lost. I know I grew up in East Texas in a small town. I enjoyed the outdoors and this is before iPhones. This is before GPS. You know, a lot of us think, man, I'd never end up lost. I got GPS unless the GPS tells you the wrong way to go. I know that happens to us. But this is before all of that. And I can remember out in the outdoors, enjoying the outdoors. I remember a couple of times getting in a place where I thought, I don't know where I am. No one knows where I am. And the panic feeling that starts coming upon you when you start, start thinking, I don't know my way out of there. And in fact, I remember having to just walk in lostness until I ran into a highway. We've all also felt the feeling of losing something valuable. I know you can just be sick to your stomach if you lose one of those family heirlooms or you lose like a piece of jewelry. For my family, we lost several years ago, we lost our dog. And this dog has been like part of the family. My youngest daughter and this dog, they're like puppies growing up together. His name is Kingston. Now, before Kingston, we had a demon-possessed dog. We, we had a dog that, that nobody wanted. This dog bit stuff, broke stuff, peed on stuff. He's the only dog I've ever had that ran from me. Like you would call his name, he went the other direction. So we were chasing this dog. Luckily, we kind of got past that phase and realized we're not great at training dogs and we rescued this golden retriever that's part of the family and he would not run from us. He wanted to be with us at all times, but there was a moment where he wandered off with his relational self and he ends up lost and the whole family 
realizes we lost Kingston. And I remember how everyone mobilized. It's like all of my kids were on bicycles. My wife's driving around the neighborhood. We're looking for this lost dog. And man, just powerfully, I don't know how I would have pastored my own kids. I know I'm a counselor and a pastor for a living. And I don't know how I would have helped my family through this loss, but we, we found the dog. And I remember the, the celebration, my kids, when we finally brought the dog back home and there's this big celebration. And of course, when we drove back home, the baby She's walking around in the yard. We, we, we found the dog. We almost lost our kid. But man, what a celebration it was when we, when we found our dog. We found something that was valuable to us. Did you know Luke chapter 15 shows us that to Jesus, there's nothing more valuable than a person. Nothing more valuable than a person who is lost And those lost people who find themselves lost in life, lost from the God who loves them, how important it is to Jesus that they come home. So much so that he says, I'm not gonna let you just try to walk in a direction and hope you run into a road. I'm not gonna let you grope around in the darkness and try to find your way. I I wanna come find you. I want you to be at home with me. Luke 15 shows us, and every time you see in the Bible, when you see repetition, repetition equals emphasis. So Luke 15 actually tells us three stories of lostness and being found. The first one is a lost sheep. A sheep wanders off like my dog did. Now, some of us are thinking, well, it's a stinky old sheep. Who cares if a sheep wanders off? No one really cares. No, in Jesus' time period, this was their livelihood. This, this is where they got wool for clothes. This is where they, I mean, this, this was like, a best example would be, this would be like me coming home from this message and finding out that we lost a car. And some of you are like, well, that's crazy. Now, I have children from 20 years old to nine. I have two drivers, one about to be a driver. By the way, you should pray for me. 20 to nine years old. I could come home and say, where's one of the cars? And they'd be like, we lost one. And I would be like, well, we gotta go find it. So to the original listener to Luke chapter 15, they would be thinking, wait a minute, valuable sheep, let's go find it. And did you know it says here that the good shepherd goes and looks for that lost one sheep. And I want you to hear this in this story. And there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who comes to God and changes than over 99 people who already know and are already at home. There's more joy in heaven. You say, I thought Easter was about a bunch of religious people getting together to become more religious. Well, you don't know Jesus. Because Jesus says, no, I came for the outsider. I came for you who feel like you've done something that makes you not have the potential to be a part of the family and we're coming looking for you. Another story he gives is a lost coin. This is giving this idea of something valuable. Now, I don't know if I would turn my house upside down to go find a lost coin, but that's the story. There's a coin. Look everywhere. Find the coin. I like to think of it as the lost remote. 
When I come to my house, I have a special show or a special something or a game I want to watch. I come in, I have all these kids and I have all these fans. It's like, I want to watch this game. Well, always we can't find the remote, the lost remote. By the way, we have five remote controls. Four of them do not have batteries. One of them is usable. And it's like, man, I got to watch this. Everybody turn the house upside down. We got to find that remote. Are you getting the picture? Are you understanding what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, I'm on an all out search for any person who's not at home with me. And then Jesus, I like to think of it this way. He doesn't fight fair. He says, there's a lost kid. There's a lost son. I want to tell you this little story and then I'm going to show you what it means. But he says, there is a lost son. Several years ago, I preached on this lost son that I'm about to tell you the story. A son who goes away from home. A dad who he comes up to in Jewish culture, he might as well have spit in his face, slapped him in the face, disrespected him, and he goes off and he does what the Bible says in verse 13 here of Luke 15, and he squanders all of what's been given to him, his wealth in wild living. I told that story. I started talking about this lost son. I shared all of it and I walked out into our commons and I was shaking hands with people, which I still love to do. I just love meeting awesome people. And so I'm standing there just shaking hands and a man comes up to me and he says, I have a lost son. I have a son who's gone off and squandered his life. He said, will you pray for him? He took a picture and he handed it to me. And I took that picture and I said, yes, sir. We had multiple services. And so I went into a few of the next services that I was preaching. And I said, this is so-and-so's prodigal. We need to pray for him. Did you know by the end of the weekend, I had multiple pictures. People, as they saw me in the foyer, they were telling me the same story. I have a lost prodigal. I have a lost son. I have a lost daughter. I have someone away from God. Will you pray little pieces of paper, pictures? If you're watching me and you have someone that's lost, that's away from God, you know the pain. And Jesus is speaking right here. So maybe, or maybe you're the one that's lost. Maybe you're the one that's far away. You say, well, what happens in the story? Well, he goes off and he ends up in a very difficult place because that's where sin always leaves us. It always takes us further than we think we would ever go. It leaves us in a condition we thought we would never get into. And he finds himself thinking, wait a minute, I, I'm, I'm out here living worse than some of those that are around my father's house that are not even his son. And I'm out here and he loses everything and he finds himself in a place of desperation. And this is always my prayer. And even some of you listening to my message, this is always my prayer. It says he hit a moment when he came to his senses. No one person can make that happen. But God moves on the hearts of people and they come to their senses. It's when they get an understanding of who Jesus is. He came to his senses and he thought, you know what? I need to go back home. But then he had fear. Man, I don't know if I go back home. I don't think my father will receive me. I don't think he would even want me anymore. It's amazing how we project on God the idea that he doesn't want us and I've done too much and there's no way. Did you know he does end up going back 
And while he's a long way off, his father comes, runs, greets him, meets him and throws a party. And his father sums up the power of the story. He says this, for this son of mine was dead, but now he's alive again. Isn't that Easter? Death to life. But here's the side of Easter that I want you to get this coming home understanding. He said, he was lost and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. You know, I want you to get this this Easter. Easter is not about Jesus coming to make religious people feel better. Jesus didn't come to make religious people feel better. He came to bring lost people home. You may think you're too far gone. You're too lost. There's no coming back for you. If you understood my situation, there's no way Jesus would come for me. But this story and these stories from Jesus say that all of it could change by you being willing to open yourself up to his desire to bring you home. I want you to watch these stories of some lives that have been impacted that were once lost, but now are found. Watch this with me. You know, thinking of Chris and what a great friend he is, someone we've always prayed for and wanted the best for, uh, always invited to church and, and never really had the opportunity to get him to commit to come with us. And uh, at times even thought uh, he was completely unreachable. I was lost for a long time and my best friend and his family continued to invite me to go to church with them. And last Easter Sunday, I prayed to receive Christ and surrendered my life, which I'd never thought I would do. And since then, I've been baptized, and my life has been changed forever. I had really hit my own personal rock bottom. I was in a place where I was drinking like four nights out of the week. I was using drugs. I had been abused in my life before, so I was just trying to do whatever I could to kind of numb that pain. And I kind of had a moment similar to the prodigal son where I came to my senses and I realized, what am I doing with my life? And at that point, I thought, I'm going to be a good person. I need to get better. And so in my head, I was thinking, well, good people go to church, so maybe I'll just try it out. I went in looking to be a good person, but God had so much more in store for me. He completely turned my life around. And here I am 11 years later, never the same. And that's how I gave my life to Jesus. We gave our lives to Jesus Easter weekend in 2016 while visiting our son and his family. Prior to that time, our lives were more focused on tradition and religion. We gave our lives to Jesus because we wanted to, be, to really get to know him and have a deeper relationship with him. We feel very blessed to have been able to fully surrender to Jesus. And at 79 and 80, that goes to tell you, it's never too late. I prayed through many tears for Jacob to be saved, believing that this was our journey to take together. Uh, about seven months ago in Discovery 101, um, the weight of the world was just too much, and I had finally given in. Uh, Pastor Jeff had asked us to raise our hands if we wanted to accept Jesus Christ to be our Savior and fully give our life to Him. Uh, my hands shot up. Tears began to roll down my cheeks. Um, I knew then that 
no matter what I had done in the past and how far gone I thought I was, that God was always waiting for me with open arms and my wife never gave up on me. Isn't that amazing? You know, for over 25 years as a pastor, I've watched that happen in the lives of people. Did you know every time I hear those stories, every time I see the lives of people impacted, I'm still amazed just like it was the first time. You see, I'm not a person who can point to people believing that some kind of surgical procedure or a life could be impacted and, and, and have seen multiple surgeries where the surgery worked. I'm not a person who spent my life in business and I can give you some management technique that could really impact and change the life of how more effective business happens. I'm not an educator or a professor who could tell you some new truth that would bring you to a new place of being enlightened about a specific subject. But for 25 years as a pastor, I have watched as people were off course in life. Did you know, in fact, in multiple settings, crowds large and small, I've asked this one question. How many of you have someone right now that you can see where their life is headed and it's headed off course? They're like that son, that prodigal son who took his inheritance and went off and squandered it. And I can't tell you how many times the majority of the room say, I know somebody like that. And many times the person who's saying that, they were somebody like that. But can I tell you, without a doubt, the most powerful thing in the life of a person who's headed off course, who's headed down the wrong path, I have seen Jesus bring them back, bring them into relationship with him. And I have watched him transform their lives change their souls, their contentment, their peace, their relationships, their marriages, their children. And if you're that person, Jesus wants you to come home this Easter. So I want to speak specifically to two groups of people. The first person is you're that person. Maybe through this message, through this service, or maybe even leading up over just the course of the last little while in your life, you've just realized I'm lost. And now you know that in Jesus, you can be found. You can be brought home. You can be brought into his family. And you're at that moment. You say, what do I do? Well, I wanna lead you in a simple prayer. It's more than the words, it's about your heart. And you just simply saying yes to Jesus. Yes to his invitation to say, come home. Right now, just pray this, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I believe you died for me, you rose from the dead, and I accept you right now as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, I accept you, and now I wanna be a part of your family. I wanna grow in you, I wanna walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I, I wanna know, I wanna help you in your journey, so right there on the screen is a phone number, 817-406-7470. And if you will text Meet Jesus to that phone number, I have a resource that I wanna send you. It's a book that I wrote that's about the life of Jesus to help you get started. 
in growing in your relationship with him. But I wanna pray for a second group as well because the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the invitation of Jesus to come home is something that we all continually need to be reminded of the power that's available there. Did you know the scripture actually says that the same spirit, the same power from which Jesus is raised from the dead, we now have that power living inside of us. And in this story in the prodigal son, it shows us how we could have a tendency to lose sight of what's available to us when we get our eyes off the message. In fact, in the story was a lost son and a father, but there was also an older brother. And the older brother came to his father who was upset and he's like, look, I've done the right things and I've had all of this and yet my, my brother goes off and he does all of this that's wrong and you throw a big party and you weren't willing to throw a party for me. And I think it's interesting when you see the father's words. It's his words to us too. He said to him, my son, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. And so he said, I had to celebrate because this son of mine that was lost, he, he was dead, but now he's alive and he was lost and now he's found. And so I wanna pray for you this Easter that maybe the power that's available through the cross of Jesus Christ, the power that's available by the fact that we serve a risen Jesus who is with us always, who freely gives us all things that whatever you're facing, I just wanna pray that that power would be a reality. Father, I pray for every person, Lord, right now, especially what this moment is that we're living in this Easter. I pray, Lord, for medical workers. I pray for people praying for protection, for elderly people. I pray, Lord, for children. I pray for people that are immunocompromised. I, I pray for your shield of protection. We thank you, Lord. That, the, that, that you are alive and that the power that raised you from the dead lives inside of us. Lord, we pray right now for your provision. I pray for business owners. I pray for people struggling. Lord, we thank you that on this Easter, we celebrate a risen King who walks with us and goes before us. We thank you for your power in Jesus' name, amen. Once again, happy Easter. I love you. We'll see you next week here as we have church online. Thanks for listening to our Easter message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out by texting us at 817-406-7470. Our team would love to pray with you and help in any way that we can. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. On behalf of Milestone Church, Happy Easter. Happy Easter.